So, good morning, church. I'll wait till uh, whoever went to sign off their kids and is going to come back comes back. But I'm going to tell you about that song real quick. So, uh, I don't think I've really shared this with anybody. Maybe I have. So, I recall when Pastor Mark came to me and asked me about becoming kind of an associate pastor, campus pastor at the church. And then, uh, and then he talked to me later about, you know, when he was going to move. He's like, and you're going to be the guy. I'm like, whoa, slow down, dude. And um, in December, January of that year, that right when all this was taking place, so there was like a year-long process before I started pastoring in January. I started to go through this health scare. Like I was under attack. I started getting these, I started feeling short of breath and panting on my breaths. I started to feel these dizzy, lightheaded spells that would hit me so hard and fast, I would have to sit down. I felt like I was going to pass out. Went to the emergency room at one point. Like freaky, like, like, I don't know, some of you survived the 70s, so you would understand, like, I had, you'd done too much. And you got freaked out? It was one of those moments. But I'm like, I'm not even, I don't even do anything, and I feel this way. So it was very scary at the time. And I remember, uh, you know, about a year and a half for the doctors to figure out what was going on. But it was okay. Because during that time, during that year-long period, these things would come and go. It would go on for two, three weeks, and then disappear for a month. And I'd be like, oh, I'm fine. And then the minute I'd feel fine, it would come back again. And it would freak me out. And I started having the doctors run all these tests, and they were like, one day I'm sitting in the garage, and I'm getting ready to train, and this thing comes up on, the, on my phone, you know, like uh, through Adventist Health, where it was going to tell you, it, it, they gave you the report before you talked to a doctor, and it was like, six millimeter lung nodule, lower left lung, five millimeter nodule, lower left lung, two millimeter nodule, like all these lung nodules, and I freak out, I'm like, lung cancer, I'm dying, it's over. I'm done, I should have never smoked, I should have taken care of myself when I was young. I went through the whole thing, I'm, almost, I'm literally almost crying in the garage, I finished working out, but I felt horrible, right? Doctor said there was nothing wrong. So, uh, they're pretty normal, you probably all have them. So, mind you, this is going on, and I'm, I'm at this point where I'm like, God is calling me to something, and the enemy is trying to prevent it. The enemy is trying to strike so much fear into me, to cripple me. I was well aware of that. And I remember a couple times where I was going through some of these things and I was working. I remember uh, I was listening to that song. I was playing this song almost daily in my car. Loud. Does anybody listen to loud music? Okay. I have this thing where my head thinks so much. The only way I turn my head off is to turn the music up so loud I cannot hear myself think. That's actually a real thing. We know where you say, I can't hear myself think. That's a real thing. I like to not be able to hear myself think. I like to turn the music up so loud that I can't think. That the only thing I can do is go with the music. And so I was doing that. So there I was. I'm playing this song, Do It Again, and, I'm, and God's telling me, I'm going to take care of you. It's going to be all right. You've seen me move the mountains. I'm going to do it again. And I'm crying I'm not just crying, I'm weeping. I'm like, I see you do it again. And I'm like, snot bubbles, like I'm into it. Because I'm like, save me, God, I don't want to die. I'm not ready yet. So, so anyways, uh, 
I think, I see God's going to do something here. I'm seeing God do stuff real quick. The first year, we were like, I'm like, take it easy. Get to know these people. See what's going on. Okay, let's learn about the history. Let's learn about the past. Let's learn about who's here. Let's learn about what's going to offend people. Let's going to learn about what's going to turn people off. And I've come to the conclusion we don't need to care. But now it's time to start saying we're going to rise up. Everybody's going to level up this year, right? Everybody. That was my, that was my, my focus for 23 is our life verse for this year. Acts 26, 16. Now get to your feet. Get up. Rise up. For I have appeared to you. Some point in your life, God came to you. For I appeared to you to appoint you as my servant and witness. Not a spectator in the back. Every Sunday. You're more than that. Tell people that you have seen me and tell them what I will show you in the future. Well, that's the second half of that verse. Are you telling anybody all this stuff? Or are you just sitting in the back being a spectator? I was a spectator Christian at one time. I get it. Every, this year, everybody here, no matter where you're at, whether you're in the back, in the front, singing songs, helping in the kids, or you're the pastor, we're going to all move up a level this year. Everybody. Disciplines come in many different ways. We're in our 21 days of fast and prayer right now, right? 21 days of prayer and fast. I'm the accountability guy. I'm the guy who likes to call, it ever, call everybody up. How are we doing on that? Still, still going. You had a slip. Guess what? That's okay. You know what happens when you slip and off the curb? You stand back up and you keep walking. You don't lay down on the curb and go, oh, my life is over. I give up. No point to get up and pick up where I left off. Oh, I quit smoking, and I didn't have a cigarette for six months, and I smoked a cigarette, and I may as well just smoke again. That's not what you do, right? 21 days of prayer and fast. I don't know what you're fasting. I hope I know what you're praying about. But no matter what, we got to be accountable to this. I'm an accountability guy. I love accountability. You know why I love accountability? Because I hate accountability. Yeah, it's the truth. It's the truth. And disciplines come in so many different ways, and there's no better way to start off the year than a discipline like prayer and fasting. There's no better way. Some of us all learned healthy disciplines as a child. Anybody learn healthy disciplines as a child? You get up at a certain time each and every day. You do laundry. You learn how to make yourself food. You learn how to clean yourself. You learn how to brush your teeth. And these are things that you do every day no matter what. Good, bad, or indifferent, the flu, I don't feel good, doesn't matter, you do it. Some of us learned lazy disciplines as a child. Yeah, I'm both ways. I'm like great disciplines and then horrible disciplines. So for me, I, I, Chris, you're always talking about lifting. So when I met with our regional pastor, our area pastor, Oh, I did a meeting with our area pastors this week. It was amazing, by the way. We're going to do, uh, everybody kind of save the date. I want to say April 1st is a Saturday. We're going to Reading. Anybody here that wants to go to Reading, we're going to Reading. We're going to Reading as a church family. They're hosting a free event for us. It is free to you. It is not free in general. It is because they are determined to lift up and raise up leaders. So everybody here, whether you're a leader or not that wants to come, you're going to come. You're all invited. You're all leaders. Thank you. So 
so me and the area pastor were talking at one point, and he's like, he's like, so you're a power lifter? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, do you use that a lot in your sermons? And I'm like, oh, I don't want to push it on people. He's like, I would. He's like, dude, that's awesome. You have something that takes discipline, and it's a part of your life. It's awesome to be able to use something like that. And I'm like, oh, all right, all right. So, so for me, I remember growing up, you know, I grew up in the 80s, early 80s. Arnold, man, everybody looked at Arnold. Dude's muscle-bound, right? We grew up on Arnold. I grew up on the WWF. Hulk, Ultimate Warrior, Andre, Randy Savage, come on. Then then I got into high school, and I watched a retired, uh, a retired uh, redskin football player from the 80s, early 80s. He had a Super Bowl ring, and uh, dude went in the gym, just close grip bench 225 like nothing, got stuck, told everybody to get back in not nice language, and racked it. And I was like, I want to be like that guy one day. When you grew up looking at the things I grew up, I'm like, I want to be that one day. So I've been, I've been lifting since high school, and, I, and I've been competing in powerlifting the last few years. So it takes discipline to create habits. And along with discipline and habits, some of them are going to hurt. You've heard me get up here and share. There's weekends I train, and there's, that my back pain is so bad, I literally do a set, lay on the floor, and I'll lay there for two hours. Stand up, do a set, lay down. I've had my back pain be that extreme. You, the same person, would say, my back hurts today to the point I can't move. I should probably not lift. My discipline is different. My discipline is when I have the flu. One day I woke up with the flu, got up in the morning, turned white, expelled stuff from the night before, went back to bed, and got up at 12 noon. I'm like, I have to deadlift 500 today. It was on the schedule. And I did. Got up, went in the garage, felt horrible, pulled, 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 hit the 500, set it down, went back in the bed. Is anybody willing to do that kind of stuff? Well, you're going to have to. Starting this year, we're stepping it up. Everybody here is going to step it up. Now, I don't expect you to have the flu and deadlift anything, but, but it takes discipline to create habits like that. It takes a lot of discipline that you got to dig deep to find to create habits that you're going to do no matter what. And you didn't come here on Sunday to learn how to go home. And I watch football every Sunday during the season no matter what. You come to church because you want to learn something no matter what's in your spiritual life. So I remember Bibi. Bibi doesn't know she was going to be a part of this, so now she does. Bibi came to me in the garage like a decade ago. A decade ago. We had a home gym at the time. She comes to me. She's like, I want to work out with you. I said, okay. She told me she had goals. I want to tone this up and firm this and blah, blah, blah. I said, okay, great. Her passions for training at that time were not the required disciplines. She lasted for a while. And then she just eventually was like, I don't care. 2020, pandemic starts. She comes to me and says, I want to do what you're doing in the garage. I want you to train me. I want to change these things about my life. I said, okay, it's my way or the highway this time. I'm going to tell you what to do. It's going to hurt. You're going to hate it. And it's everything that you don't think you should do because of what you're telling me your goals are. But these are the things you need to do to reach your goals. She did it. Then she hurt my feelings. Because then she said to me after like six months, we're like middle of the year. She's like, I follow this online group of ladies, and 
they're coaches and you have a coach, so why can't I have a coach? I'm like, you've been doing this six months, okay? I've been doing this 25 years. But I'll tell you what, we're going to make a deal, okay? The price is right, let's make a deal. If you train the rest of this year consistently and you don't cry, kick, and scream, and you don't skip training days, and you're consistent, and you do everything it takes to reach your goals, I'll hire you that, those coaches in January. She did. She did it. And I hired her coaches. And then she made me feel even better six months later when she goes, I don't think I want to use them anymore. I want you to coach me again. So <clears throat> I've been coaching her ever since. So <laughs> disciplines and habits have to be set and adhered to in order to set up to be successful in achieving short and long-term goals. And my goal for you this year is to level up. You're going to rise up in your faith. If you're here late every Sunday and by the end of the year you're on time, you leveled up. Do you like that? I've got a few of you. If you're here on time like you would be to work every Sunday by the end of the year, then you heard the message. I'm kidding. Everyone here, no matter how long we've been a follower and disciple of Christ, is going to level up. Everyone, including me. So, we started this year with prayer and fast. Now I'm going to kick us into a seven-week series. Seven habits and steps that it's going to take to start you in the right momentum to level up, to rise up, okay? And week one is going to be feeding our spirit. How are you feeding your spirit? This is where we're going to start. Right now you're in 21 days of prayer and fast. It's a great time to do something different. It's a really good time, especially considering that you've given up something that you thrive on. Something that just, that's what you've been feeding yourself with, and you've given that up right now. So I thought it was not, I thought it was perfect. We're going to start week one with, Feeding your spirit, because right now you're not feeding your spirit. Right now you're denying your spirit something. So what are you going to fill it with? Well, we're going to talk about that today. I'm sure most of you have looked at the notes and be like, he's going to say we got to read the word of God. Yes. Perfect. Now you got the rest of the message. You can all go home and watch the bills. Okay. <laughs> Week one, feeding your spirit. Seven, stab seven steps and habits to rise up. Number one, oh, uh, week one, feeding your spirit. Matthew 4, 4, we're going to start here. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. But by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You know how to have a face-to-face -face conversation with God? Ray, got one, okay. Anybody else? Chris, the Bible says that nobody saw God, nobody sees in God. How am I going to have a face-to-face -face with him? Well, I will tell you that before Adam sinned, he walked and talked with God. So that's, that argument's out. 
But yes, we with sin can't see God. But how do you have a one-on-one conversation with God? When you open his word. Thank you, Kelly. Kelly had the answer right. She waved her Bible in the back. The word of God is living. It is his word, capital W, like capital G for God, capital W for word. You pray up, you open the word, the word talks to you, you're looking God face to face. Man cannot live by bread alone. Right now you're in 21 days of denying yourself some form of bread. It's social media, it's coffee, it's something. Everybody here is denying themselves some sort of their bread for a 21 period, 21 day period. And this is what it says here. It says, man cannot live by bread alone. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. People who rise up spiritually know the reality and the severity of the works of the devil and understand the importance of developing a strong spirit to resist him. When Jesus said these words, what was happening to him? He was praying and fasting in the wilderness And the devil came to him and said, turn this stone into bread. You can do it. Why do you want to be hungry? And he said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. What did Jesus do? Temptation stood him in the face. He didn't pray. He didn't argue. He spoke the word of God and said, this is the truth. Leave me alone. This is the truth. He spoke the word of God. And how did Jesus speak the word of God? Well, he must have had it memorized. How did he do that? Well, we'll get there. So, you cannot, number one on your bullet points. Hey, does everybody like the large print format that I did today? Very easy to read. My eyes are going bad. And I've noticed that I can't read the small print I've been giving you guys. And it's like a win-win. I'm like, okay, if I blow the fonts up, I don't have to have so many things to fill in and make them right half the time. And I can simplify the message, and I can read it too. You know, I have to blow my font up to 16 on here to read it now. Pretty soon I'm going to be up here with glasses. I know. Every visit I've made, they're like, you don't need glasses yet. So I keep writing on that. They're like, you could use reading glasses. But now I've gotten to the point. I can't read anything up close. I'm like, you know, I'm like with a piece of paper, I'm like doing this, like I'm trying to zoom in like I'm on my phone. Anybody else do that? Anybody open a magazine and you're looking at it, you're looking at a picture and you try to zoom in? I do. Okay, number one, you cannot be spiritually sustained on worldly resources only. Right now you are spending 21 days Denying yourself some worldly resource that feeds your spirit. And right now you need to be feeding your spirit on the word of God. Bullet point A. Jesus knew that living on worldly resources was not the will of the Father. You see, he was up there being tempted by the devil who was like, hey, you know what? God doesn't want you to be hungry. God doesn't want you to starve yourself. That doesn't feel good to your flesh. That's not his will. He doesn't want you to be hungry and thirsty. And Jesus said, no, that's not the will of the Father. Just says, man can't live on bread alone, but by every word of God. 
B, the Father's will for him was to actually be hungry in the desert. God's will for you during this 21-day period is for you to be denying yourself something so that you can lean on him. The Father's will for you right now is to be hungry for something for 21 days. You're hungry for it because you're denying it. You're hungry for it because you're not giving it to yourself. I don't know what that is for everybody. Some of you have told me. And what did Jesus do when the temptation came to fall away from his fast? He quoted scripture to affirm the will of God. That's what he did. He quoted scripture. He did it three times with the devil there. Three times the devil's tempted him, and three times he used the word of God to defend himself. That's what he did. Let's look at Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 8.3. So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. That is the verse that Jesus was quoting when he was shutting the devil up. The first five books was the original law. Those were the scriptures that everybody was reading. These are the scriptures that Jesus had memorized. The entire law. This is the verse that Jesus quoted when he resisted the devil during his time. Let's move on. Psalms 119, 105 through 107. I love this scripture. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I have sworn and confirmed that I will keep your righteous judgments. I am afflicted very much. Revive me, O Lord, according to your what? To your mercy? To your grace? No. Revive me, O Lord, according to your word. Number two, God's word shall be your guide. What's guiding you every day? Did the GPS get you here? God made it. God's word shall be your guide. Bullet point A, you cannot see in this dark world unless you have a light that outshines the darkness. You want to, this is the analogy I've given people of what the world looks like. This is the world we live in. It is a dark place and people that are believers, you know who they are because they're walking around with a lantern that shines so bright and everybody that sees that light is attracted to it. And if people are not attracted to your light, what does that tell you about your light? Okay. Just remember that. That's what I tell people. Are people attracted to your light because this world is a very dark place? Bullet point B, we must choose to follow and obey. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I have sworn and confirmed that I will keep your righteous judgments. Well, how do I swear and keep to do those things unless I know them, unless I understand them, unless they're the guiding force in my life? Oh, no, I'm just a Sunday morning spectator. I pray when things are hard. I pray when somebody asks me to pray. I go to church on Sundays, and the last time I read my Bible was the Sunday before Christmas Eve service at that one church that we went to, that was the last time I opened my Bible. 
There's a lot of that going on. A lot of that going on. You must choose to follow and obey the Lord. Bullet point C. Lean on who? God. To revive and afresh and refresh you according to his word, not yours. I can tell you what you need. I can tell me what I need. But God's word says different. If I was in the desert hungry and I did have the power to turn stone into bread and nobody was tempted me and I was starving, I would probably want to use my power to turn that stone into bread. That would be my will, my word, my choice, my thought. But no, that's not what Jesus did. Joshua. How do we lean on God? How do we make the word of God our guide? Joshua 1.8. The book of the law shall not... Depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do all to do according to all that is written in it. Why? For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. I wrote number one here, but it should be number three. Yes, it's one on my paper I screwed up. Spend time in God's word most days of the week. Oh, did I write every day? Spend time in God's word every day, guys. Not Sunday. Not Saturday night. Not after you go home to cross-reference everything I taught you. Every day. Are you reading God's word every day? Are you reading God's word every day? Yeah, yeah, you should be. If you didn't say yes, you know what to do. I heard yeses, I heard noes, and I heard and I and I and I saw no comments. You know what to do. Jesus, I want to be more like you. Read my word every day. Ah, it's tough. You mean get up 20 minutes earlier before work so I can spend 20 time, twenty minutes? Dude, you've got the Bible app on your phone. It plays it out loud for you. Get in your car, drive to work. If it's 12 minutes, just hit play. It'll read you a chapter before you get where you're going. But I like to listen to Joe Rogan. Well, that's the problem. <laughs> You're not spending time in God's word every day. You're spending time in Joe Rogan's podcast every day. It's probably not healthy spiritually. So we spend time in God's word every day. These are some things you can do with it. Make a habit of sharing what you read every day. Does everybody know how to do that? Hey, you know, I read something today. and It impacted me this way. And I wanted to share that with you. You know what I love? Accountability. Grab somebody before you go home and say, I want to read a Bible, the Bible this week, and I want to text you what I read. Ooh. Pastor, you always create these weird, awkward, uncomfortable situations. I know, because I don't want you to sit in the back, do nothing for seven years, and then disappear and go to another church where you go punch your God card like, oh, I was here, Lord. 
I've done, I've been that guy. I wanted to be that guy. Every time I went to a new town or a new church, I'm like, I just want to find the biggest church in town so I can go sit in the back and they don't ask me to do anything and I can just say I was there and I can love the Lord on my own time. Does that sound like what God wants? And you know, God has a sense of humor. He never lets that happen for me. He never lets it work out. That's how I ended up here. He was like, you're not going to go over there. They don't need you over there. I need you over here. Trust God to lead your way, guys. Oh, Chris, this was such a simple message. Yes, it was, but sometimes I think we all need to hear it. If I'm going to level you up, i got to start at the basic level again. i got to pretend that we haven't been doing this for our whole lives or most of our lives or for the past seven years or the past two years. We're going to get into some spiritual food later, but right now we got to do the milk. Let's start with the milk. When I know everybody's drinking the milk, we can level up. Okay? Trust God to give you success in all your ventures. What does that mean, Chris? Is that a prosperity message? No, I don't preach that stuff. I say trust God to give you success in all your ventures. I've learned that when I just trust God to do something, at the end of the day, somehow, even if it's a four-year circle, somehow I look back and I'm like, wow, God really orchestrated that to work in my favor. He really did. It didn't say I decided to start a business and all of a sudden I made a million dollars. It's not what it says. I'm saying trust God to give you success in all your ventures. Whatever it is you're going to do, I'm going to share the gospel with somebody this week. I'm going to trust that when I share it, it's going to be received right. I'm going to read the Bible this week like pastor asked me to, and I'm going to share that verse with somebody. I'm going to trust that what I share isn't going to sound stupid. That's what we're all afraid of. We're all afraid of looking bad. I don't want to look bad. I don't want them to think different of me. I don't want to be embarrassed. Here's your favorite one. I don't want to say something dumb. Come on. Trust God to give you success in all your ventures. Trust God that what he shares with you and you decide to text and share with somebody else is going to be edifying for you both. So, guys, I'll close it up with this. We're close to 11. I know you all want to go watch football. No football? D does not want to watch football. D says we're going 15 minutes extra. <laughs> Listen, how do you feed your spirit, guys? By reading God's word every day. Are we reading God's word every day? This is your first habit that you need to build this week. I'll be honest. I'm an honest guy. I say it like I think it. I'm offensive. I, I've learned this from people that were healthy mentors in my life spiritually. And because of their words, it did something in me. And I'm going to trust God in all my ventures to create success that I'm not going to make you be like, oh, forget him. I'm telling you guys I want you to level up this year. Okay? We're going to do a seven-week series on seven simple habits that you need to start doing if you want to. You may be doing one of them. You may be doing some of them. You may be doing all of them. Fantastic. But if I give you this week's message and you show up next Sunday and you haven't read God's word, you're going to miss the boat when I go into number two and push everybody to do that. So what are you going to do? 
But what are you going to do? Read the word. I challenge you. I didn't get to where I am without people challenging me and keeping me accountable and telling me things I didn't like to hear. It's real nice to go to a Joel Osteen church. God loves you. You're good. Just give. He'll take care of the rest. I'll see you next Sunday, brother. Didn't that sound fluffy and nice? You didn't feel offended. I didn't make you do anything that you didn't want to do. I even made you want to do something in a nice way. Felt warm. No, I don't do that. I'm going to tell you that if you don't read God's word every day like I'm asking you to do this week, you're going to be behind the boat of leveling up next week when I come up with habit number two. So everybody's goal this week is to do habit number one. Today is Sunday. Tomorrow is Monday. There's seven days between next Sunday. I would hope you could all come to me and look me in the face and walk up to me and say, Chris, I read my Bible every day this week. Oh, and you know what? I was going to text somebody, but I forgot to, so I'll just tell you this is what I read, and I liked it. Wow, that's good. Okay, you don't have to do that, but do that with somebody. <laughs> do it with somebody. Just do it. Nike, man, just do it. It feels good. You sit in church. I've been you. I've been you. I've been you. Amen. Amen. Yes. And then I leave church, and I'm like, Pfft. By Wednesday, I'm like, oh, read the word. I forgot. Oh, it's already Wednesday, though. Too late to start. Come on. That's, that's not okay. B, pull it point S. That's what that was. That's what that was. Listen. Listen. I'm going to end with this. It's vital to know that a snack each week doesn't sustain you, does it? All right. Coming to church on Sunday and snacking on God's word is not sustaining you, and it's not going to take you to the next level. You need to read God's word every day. You have a face-to-face conversation with him every time you open his word. Every time you open his word, he gets to speak to you. He gets to speak to you. And you know what you get to do? You have the opportunity to listen. We need daily hot meals to stand on top of every trial that's going to come up in life. Who do you think is going to fall apart when things don't sound right? The guy who's leaning on God's word, who's reading God's word every day, and trial shows up and he's like, oh, you know, the Bible says I should do this. Why does he feel that way? Because he reads the Bible every day. And when he got tempted in the desert and they said, turn the stone into bread, he was like, mm, I don't need to do that. The Bible says man doesn't live on bread alone. Or you can be this guy. I went to church on Sunday. Pastor said all this stuff that I had to do about reading the Bible. Screw him. I didn't really do it. And then this happened on Thursday, and I just totally acted out of character. You know what? And I didn't even think about God, church, praying, or the Bible until I got here again on Sunday, and he reminded me. Which one of those two people do you want to be? I can't pick that for you, but I want you to be one of the two, and I know you know which one I want you to be. You have to arrange your schedule around the word. How do you like that? I schedule everything in my life around my training. I do. I schedule my life around my training. Got a competition coming up in March. I know exactly what I'm doing every single day 
how much I'm doing, all the way till the competition. And if I'm sick with the flu, I'm going to do that day's work anyways. I schedule everything around that because it's important to me. And if reading God's word is important to me, then I need to schedule my life around it. That means the word of God has become priority in your life. Not something you do in the spare time. Oh, I got 20 minutes. I can stop now and read the Bible. You know what you do with that 20 minutes? Netflix some show that's 23 minutes long and burn three extra minutes that you didn't have. I'm not wrong. Guilty. Guilty, number one. I've got a few free minutes. Should I read the word? No. You should not read the word in the time you've decided was free. You should have scheduled time for that. But what you'll do is watch Netflix. Guilty. Everything I write, I share with you guys because I experience this stuff. I battle these things. A pastor is always going to tell you the convictions of his heart every time he gets up in front of you. He's not talking to you. Pastor, you said that today. It was almost like, it's almost like you were talking right at me. Of course, I get that part of it. Who told you that? Did my wife say something to you? I felt like you were preaching right to me. I'm telling you what I'm going through. What I share with you is what I've had to go through, what I've experienced, what I've learned, habits I've needed to create, disciplines. These are them. So your week one habit to start 23 rising up. Are these buttons I'm supposed to press these? I'm bad. I'm like the kid that goes, don't touch. Listen, it's time to rise up, guys. Everybody needs to read their, their Bible this week, okay? That's it. Simple as that. Everybody needs to read their Bible this week. Try to create time and read your Bible this week. If you don't do that, look, it's all about baby steps. Chris, you said read the word every day. I can't do that right now. Okay, great. Start by reading it a couple times this week. And when that becomes a good habit, increase it. And then increase it. And then increase it. Everybody get it? Not if I can't do it all, I'm not going to do it at all. If I can't do it all, I'm not going to do it at all. That's not the right attitude. We are going to create healthy habits this year. Create healthy habits this year. It's small things. Like BB did. BB created small habits. She started to hurt. She had aches, pains, soreness. And she kept going. Reading God's word every day is sometimes painful because you're going to read things that you don't want to read, things that are going to convict you, things that are going to change the way you think about things, and things that are going to go back, things that are going to convict you, period. That's it. You open God's word, it's like, mm, me, me, shouldn't be doing me, me, me. I just don't want to read this anymore. I get it. Open God's word every day. That's your mission this week. We'll bring you back next week. We're going to see who's been reading God's word. I'm going to get everybody in this room. You're going to raise hands if you read God's word every day this week. Oh, you're not going to show up? Got it. Just kidding. Just kidding. I'm not going to take a census. Those have never ended well in the history of the Bible. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for your, your word, Lord. I thank you for your time, Lord. I thank you that you've given us this place to worship you, Lord, this place to honor you, Lord, this place to seek you, Lord, this place, to, this place that we can come together, Lord, and disciple each other, Lord, and iron sharpening iron, Lord, and each man, woman, and child that you bring to us each week, Lord, that we can grow up and we can edify ourselves, Lord, and we can create ourselves to be better habitual, spiritual followers and disciples of you, Lord. 
Lord, help us create these habits in our lives, Lord, so that we can be more focused on you and more focused on serving you than ourselves, Lord. Help us to make you number one in our lives so that everything else in our lives makes sense. Help us to focus on you, Lord. Help us this week, Lord, with the strength to spend some time each day that we can to open your word so that we can rise up. I thank you in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right.